Hey guys, this is Jay here from Gym Aware. Really hope you're enjoying Coach Tomato's podcast series so far. Here at Gym Aware, we've just released our brand new BBT product, Flex. Um, so I just want to give you a bit of insight into what it is and how it could help you as a coach or athlete. Flex uses brand new laser optic technology to measure barbell velocity, so like Gym Aware, it's highly accurate. The device connects straight to your iPhone or iPad. We've had an independent validation study to confirm that Flex is highly accurate. We have loads of awesome features already and our experienced development team continues to work on software updates each and every day. Key performance metrics are available including both peak and mean velocity, peak and mean power, distance, bar position and bar path. If you guys want any more information on flex, velocity based training, just be sure to reach out, go to our website, check us out on socials as well. But for now we hope you enjoy the rest of Coach DeMeo's podcast. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, what about cutting edge information? Or a place where you can find different opinions from forward thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS, and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 79th episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of Gym Aware. In this show, we're just going to try to dive a little deeper into the minds of the top practitioners in the world of sport performance to learn a little bit more about who they actually are and how they got to where they are today. Today, we are joined by the University at Buffalo's head football strength and conditioning coach, Matt Gildersleeve. Matt, thanks for being with us today, man. Always a pleasure. I, I carve out time any day of the week for you, buddy. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'm fired up to, to get to see you. I'm glad you're doing well. It's always great to catch up. But before we get too far into it, bud, who is Matt Gildersleeve? Yeah, always, always a loaded question, right? Um, no, I think I think these cerebral kind of questions are are fun to answer, but always fun to to, to think about um, what what defines you versus versus who you are. And I always think these are more general answers. You know, I think generally Matt Gildersleeve is a is a teacher. I think that that's one thing I've always I've always wanted to learn. I'm, I'm a learner, and the purpose I've always wanted to learn is I want to teach. I want to serve others. That's always been in my DNA since I was, you know, seventh, eighth grade, wanting to to learn different exercises that made me better so I could teach them to someone else, learn something nutritionally so I could learn and teach somebody else. So, you know, if I wasn't a strength conditioning coach, I'd, I'd be a teacher. I'd be teaching something in, in some form. Um, so, yeah, I'd say I, I guess I'd break it down on those three pieces. I'm a, I'm a teacher at heart. Uh, I'm an avid learner, love learning, uh, and I'm a server. I love, I love serving people. I love seeing people happy. I love seeing people uh, accomplish their goals, their dreams, and any any realm. Uh, that that's that's really what makes me happy. That's what makes me tick. Three pretty important 
traits to have to be a successful coach too, man. I would, I would say probably any, uh, any profession, I think anything, um, any title, you know, my, my daughter just turned one on Saturday and I was just, you know, just thinking like, that's the favorite title I have right now is, is daddy. I just, I mean, I, I love being a dad, uh, because it's, it's probably taught me those three things is, is you got to teach a lot. You got to learn and you're learning on a daily basis and, and you're serving, you know, you're, you're, you're serving this little human. Uh, and, and so I, I would say, yeah, I mean, I think in any, any regards, those three things go into everything you do, being a, a husband, being a father, being a coach, um, you name it. I think, I think those three, three things can, can serve those things pretty well. No doubt, man. And as a person who is a learner, you know what I mean? When we were on the podcast, we talked a lot about books that we were reading and, and things of that. So as a person who's always digging and, and trying to find better ways, I'm pretty fired up to, to hear this one, man. If you wouldn't mind, describe a learning situation that brought about an epiphany in your career. Yeah, uh, I would I would have to say um, maybe not epiphany, but but really opportunity is, you know, I became the head strength coach at Akron when I was 23. And so there was a lot that I didn't know. Um, but one thing that was always normal, we might even talk about the first podcast, one thing that never really made sense to me was the speed and agility ladders, was the five five star cone drills and trying to think about how that would um, translate to the game of football. I just, I couldn't really connect those dots, right? And so for me, that sent me down such a deep rabbit hole of, okay, then what does? Um, and so it's what really allowed me to, you know, people have heard me speak on um, kind of our progression of change of direction and, and how we work it into the actual game of football. It's what led me down that whole rabbit hole. So not knowing, or I guess asking that question, um, that, that learning situation, you know, I, I went down, I started on YouTube, right? Was YouTube and looking at, at NFL players that I had really thought were great movers and I just broke down their biomechanics, why they changed direction so well, why they accelerated so well, why they decelerated so well, how we could begin to ingrain those movements in our athletes and then progress it to more of a reactionary sport-based uh, program. So that, that learning situation where, where it really just came from me being uh, transparent with myself, I don't know this, I need to figure it out, uh, led, led to, to what I now pretty much, what, when people ask me to speak on things, that's normally the first thing they ask me to speak on um, and something I'm very comfortable with, but I would say that, you know, whatever, if you want to call that an epiphany, but I, I would say I would, I would call it an epiphany for me, something I really didn't know and I learned a lot about and formulated and organized those thoughts. Yeah, and I think that that was one of the big takeaways from the coaches versus COVID this summer for me was, you know, finally seeing, because there's really like, there's those two camps, right? There's like the, uh, it's all technique all the time when it comes to movement skills. And then there's technique doesn't matter. All you got to be able to do is run and see things and, and make decisions off of that. And to see how you kind of said, well, no, you got to do the technique stuff first. And then you baby step your way to the other things that are more fun but like you got to do kind of the boring before you get to the sexy really was like a, a key take home, take home for me. Yeah. There's definitely a technical versus tactical piece of it. There, there's no doubt. And, and there's so many, you know, as we talked about when we talked last time, everything is a system and it's how it all, all works together. Um, 
but you, you, at the end of the day, you have to teach the, just like anything you teach the body to move you the, the way you want it to move. And there's certainly ways to do that. And I think you constantly have to microdose those, those concepts into your, your training, um, which, which we do. But at the end of the day, if what I'm doing doesn't translate in my sport, I guess who comes to play at Richmond to become a better weightlifter? Do they sign, do they sign their letter of intent to say, Hey, I really want to come, come be a better weightlifter. Or do they come work out with you because they want to become a better basketball player? So if everything that we're doing isn't serving that ideology, isn't serving that that master, then what's the purpose behind everything we are doing? So if we're going to move and we're going to teach and coach movement, shouldn't it be something that can relate to our sport? Um, now, obviously, there's a lot of pieces of that. There's individuality and, and everybody moves in their own way. And it's really what's led me more to buckets and concepts, right? Conceptually, yeah, your hip anatomy, your lever length might change the way that you move different you know the way that i used to watch trell owens break down on his comeback routes that was what led to a lot of that epiphany when i used to watch those youtube videos when when i was designing all this stuff um in, in my program and that was the next thing i had to learn is hey guess what idiot not everybody's trell owens not everybody's going to be able to move move like that and do those things um and so that kind of pushed me down even deeper of just understanding there's buckets there's concepts Right. There, there's concepts to movement. And once we've taught, we, we've taught in the athlete to understand that concept or that concept has been ingrained, then let them add their signature to it. You know, everyone's going to have movement signatures and they're going to vary every single time. Just like if I gave you a piece of paper and said, hey, sign this piece of paper. If I had to do it 100 times, you'd have 100 different signatures. You're never going to replicate the exact same movement two times. So what is your movement signature? What is your movement bandwidth? But before we can explore those, I really believe we have to we have to ingrain those movement concepts into the athlete. Once we accomplish that, then I can I can put you in an environment where it's more of that one on one scenario, where it's more of a chaotic, complex environment where you can start to really learn your signatures better. If that makes sense. No, a hundred percent. There's a reason you hit off a tee before you start trying to hit curveballs. In like. And I think that the part that isn't necessarily as fun or as sexy is teaching those small, even like borderline, like positional, like setups, because it gets, it can get boring if you don't see the forest through the trees, right? If you're not able to sit there and say, I know why we're doing this so I can see three steps ahead. Yeah, I mean, wall drills get old. Yeah, and, and what I've really learned, I guess, in the last few years of, of my career, and it's just, it's from reps, right? From learning what works, what doesn't work is, is even based off those movement signatures, you have to cue athletes differently. Look, for, for me, I like, you know, on a, on, a, on a Monday, Thursday, which is our mainly upper body days, like, I'm just like, man, can we just move? Like, I just, there's nothing worse than coaching bench press, you know, like, I want to, I just, I need some action. I love, there's nothing I love more than being on a field, watching athletes run around and move, but to even to the degree of, it's so challenging of, of, this is like a big, big thing coaches fall into, right, is uh, you're doing a front squat, right? Hey, DeMeo, get your elbows up. And your elbows don't go up anywhere. Oh, maybe I just got to be louder. I'm going to say the same exact coaching cue, but I'm going to scream it even louder this time. Oh, that I'm going to scream it even louder. You got to get a different cue, right? That's not working with this athlete. Find another cue. 
I've noticed that I think we're good with that in the weight room, but we all, all we know is the same cue on the field because we're still learning how to under, understand the on-field stuff or on-court stuff in athletics and in, in my in sports performance, in my opinion. But even what I've learned is like, you know, biomechanically, you have pushers and pullers in sprinting and even based off what they are anatomically and, and what kind of athlete they are, pushers versus pullers have different cues that work better with, with one versus the other. And you learn guys who, who naturally drop their hips or have shorter levers, I'll coach them differently than I will a guy with high longer levers. So it's such a challenge and it's so much fun to me because it's just, it's stimulus overload. And it's just like, I'm, I, there's this giant movement problem in front of me, you're just trying to solve it. And it's fun, I love it. It's, 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 what, I, it's what I love most about sports performance. Yeah, but then, then that's a good thing to have, man, is you got to have something that keeps you going and keeps everything fresh. Otherwise, it just, it wears on you and you just start to break down. Yeah, and you're, you're never going to run out, out of, of things there and, and ways to, to think and organize and structure. Um, and that's where, you know, like the answers that people don't like is people will, you know, will ask me typically is, you know, what, what, what's your progression? How do you go through it? And I have one on paper. But if you like my, my assistants, sometimes I, I drive them nuts because I'll just go sometimes, right? Like I'll see something and all of a sudden they're like, they're like, coach, where, where, where was that on the progression? I don't see this on the paper. I'm like, yeah, it ain't there. You know, like this is, this is, I, I so I saw this and I followed our, our process, right? I followed our, our conceptually, I followed our process. I saw this. And so these are the things that I did to try to solve those problems. So yeah, it's not exactly on the, the, the protocol. It's not exactly on the progression, but that's what I always try to get, get through to people is it's not about memorizing the progression. That's not gonna help you in this industry. It's not about having great, sexy progressions. It's about understanding the concepts. What are you actually looking for? Because sometimes you have to think outside the box to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. And it's not just about, hey, oh, the paper says that we are, we're gonna do scissor bounds. Why? Why are you doing scissor bounds? What are you trying to accomplish? Okay, did it accomplish what you wanted it to? It didn't today, great. So what's another thing we can do to work scissoring thighs? What, what's another exercise we can try for that to really get that in, ingrained? So that's how my mind is constantly working. There's, a, there's an outcome that we're, we're looking for. What's the process to getting there? Sometimes it goes as planned, but way more often than not, it doesn't, right? And that's, that's the most unique, unique thing about on-field coaching. Yeah, that brings up a, a great thought. And that is that, you know, I want to say it was Joe Ken. It's like we had a conversation about something similar to that where it was like, he had an assistant that like, whenever he would ask him a question, he would tell Joe exactly like what Louie would say. And it's like, dude, if I wanted to know what Louie said, I'd call Louie. Like, I want to know how you're interpreting that. Like, and I think that that's something that's being ingrained in younger people accidentally right now. Cause they're so over-tested and all of that, that they're basically being taught that it's like, read A, say A, read B, say B. And it's just like regurgitate everything instead of actually sitting there looking through it and being like, okay, what would work? What might not work? What are alternatives? How can this, you know, fit or be molded to do different things? It's just like square is square, square is square. And it goes in this box only. Nothing else goes in this box. And I'm sure that there's good things to that, but at times 
that'll hamstring you when you're when you need to do what the game demands. Yeah, and you know what's crazy too is sometimes I feel like athletes get it better than coaches do because of our personalities. Every strength coach in the world started off with the exact same mindset, and I, you can't tell me I, I I won't believe you if you if you tell me that I'm wrong. It's what is the one way to train a guy that's best? Same thing that I did when I was 18 years old, and I was really like, hey, I want to find out what's going to get my squat the strongest, what's going to get my bench the strongest, what's going to make my 40 go go the, as low as it possibly go. There's one answer I'm going to find. There's one way to do it. That's that's our mindset, and we we search for that, we find that, and that's what a lot of the type personalities, a lot of people in sports performance industry are. Which there's nothing wrong with that. But what I've noticed is when I have conversations with athletes about, hey, I'm going to have him do this and him do that. And I explain why they go, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. This guy's going to, we're going to elevate his heels because he's got longer levers than our five, six running back. And this is why, because we're trying to get this movement. So he's more vertical. And does that make sense? Yeah. Coach, that really makes a lot of sense. And because you know, there it's, it's almost like, it's almost like a level of ignorance sometimes helps right. And in, in, in being more open-minded, you know, so that's, and that's one thing we've always, we, we've talked about you and I before many times is, is, you have to have very many lenses to look through. And, you know, at the end of the day, we have to be able to step back and be generalists a lot of the time as well. You can't just look at things through one lens and see one thing. And that's a tough thing, tough challenge every day because we're fighting, we're fighting our internal instincts and it's so hard. No doubt. But to be a good generalist, you have to be a good question asker. And that brings me to the next question. I'm actually stoked to hear what you got here, Salim. You could ask one question and you know you're going to get the answer to it, what would that question be and why? Yeah, just, just because of the show, I'm going to assume this is sports performance related. And if not, I'll just answer it that way anyways. But for me, the one thing I'm constantly asking is, like, I'm constantly trying to rationalize the human body. And that would be my question. It would be, how do you rationalize the human body in sports performance? The, the system in general, it's such an irrational system. If I had a dollar for every time I said to myself, that just doesn't make sense, I'd be a freaking billionaire. You know, we are constantly, and that's what we're constantly trying to do. We're trying to, to you know, rationalizing injury and injury prediction. And it's, it is, it's brutal, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a dark hole to get down sometimes and it's hard to get out, but you know, it's something, and, and I've talked about it many times is, you know, I constantly, if there's any form of an injury, even though I've told myself and I know this and I know it could, there's so many different variables, I constantly say, what could we have done? How could we have done something different? And then I all, even though I tell myself, I'm not going to do it. I do it anyways. And I go back and I find one thing. Well, shit, we should, we should have worked more extensive change of direction work to prep the tissues. And we should, what were we doing? Like whatever it may be. So for me, that's what I'm constantly chasing is trying to find a better way to get an inside look on each individual athlete's needs, body, injury prevention, whatever you, and, and then, you know, some regards, I started to think sometimes things are just going to happen, you know, and it's, it's, but someone wants it, somebody's going to rationalize it. So it might as well be me, you know, you're, you're going to have someone out on Twitter who's going to try to rationalize a, a basketball player, you know, taking a six inch step and popping his Achilles. Hell, he must have been, been a, a chronic overload of player management and his strength coach must have not been tracking his sleep and it's always somebody's fault. Uh, but anyways, so along with an answer to that is I would ask, please help me rationalize this, this human system. 
please help me rationalize the irrational system that we, we are working with on a daily basis. I want to know. Yeah. And I think that that's a great question because at the end of the day, all we're living in right now is an irrational system, let alone sports. So like, how is that even just the immense complications to the complexity that just this world, like not even like COVID aside, like just the world right now and all the things that pour in and pull out. Yeah. And I'd, I'd rather not get into the rant about the people that want to blame people for this, that, and the third on social media and pointing out what everyone else is doing wrong from their couch. But yeah, all, all of that's wild. It's fascinating. I mean, the, the searching for human limits, it's just so, it's, it's just so fascinating as, as, as much as the human body can do and withstand to just see something be so delicate in the next breath, it's, it's mesmerizing. It's, it's very challenging. It's, it's the highest level of juxtaposition as far as so durable, so delicate. Um, and so finding that balance is, it is absolutely wildly intriguing to me. And it is something that I, I mean, I know I'll be searching for, for the next, hopefully 30 to 40 years or however long I'm blessed to keep doing this uh, for a living. So that's, that's, that's what I'm passionate about trying to figure out. It's something that I have asked myself every day. Well, then the crazy part too with it, right. Is it's like, we want to find all of these ins and outs and, and things when it comes to recovery and performance and injury reduction and all that stuff. The athlete only cares about, am I going to play better? And am I going to be okay? Meanwhile, the athlete's body doesn't care about any of that. All, this is, all it's like is, can I survive? That's all it cares about. So it's like, we've got these, these two minds doing one thing, but then the real thing going on is just like, I want to survive no matter what happens. I just want to survive. Yeah. And then you as a coach have to tell them, because if you, if you love them, you'll tell them the truth. And the truth is, is, Hey, you can do every single thing I ask you to do. You can eat right. You can sleep right. You can train, do every rep. I asked you to do the exact weight, the exact velocity. You can still get hurt. And that's what they sign up for. You know, and so that's that's one thing I think we have to realize as well, too, because I mean, my heart breaks every time an athlete gets injured and, and, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not different in that. But I mean, I'm talking to my my stomach wrenches. It's something that if you talk, talk about having anxiety, it's one I, I, I can't stand watching athletes take big hits that are my athletes, you know, because it's every time I just cringe, like just be OK, just be OK, just be OK. And I don't know if I'll ever get over that. I mean, I, honestly, I hope I do because it's hard to enjoy, you know, Saturday sometimes because of that. But you you know what they, you know, the work they put in, the sacrifices they make, and you still can't protect them. And at the end of the day, that's all, all I want to do is put them in a great position and protect them. No doubt, man. No doubt. But listen, dude, speaking of these Saturdays, coming into the spring season, you got a couple of weeks here before you guys start spring. Well, you probably have to start later up there, right? You guys probably start spring ball. We're indoors. We got a field house now, man. So oh, good for you. Weather every day in the field house. We got, we, uh, March is going to be our spring ball month. So we're going to try to knock it out in March this year. Well, then you got a couple of weeks at least to, to catch up and breathe a little bit on the weekend. So what's your escape? Yeah, tra traveling. I think, you know, anything that, that if anyone follows me on any of my social medias, we love to travel. My wife is from Spain. 
Um, she's a traveler at heart too, but that's it's something I love to do. It's something that when I was young in this industry, that was, that was one thing that I really wanted to make a difference in the mindset of some strength coaches. Um, by the time I left this industry is just that you can have a life too outside of strength conditioning and still be a good strength coach. You can serve, you can, you can serve your family and give time to them and still be a good strength coach and make time for your athletes. Um, and so, you know, one, like I said, one thing we love to do is, is we, we absolutely love to travel. You know, we don't have a, neither my wife or I are big materialistic type people. We don't really buy a lot of things and have a lot of stuff, but we'll spend money on traveling and seeing things and exploring. And we love culture. We love diversity. Um, we absolutely love just, like I said, broadening my lens. You know, you go to, you go to the first time I went to Spain with her and just saw how they have dinner, how they pray at the dinner table, how they, they interact with each other. It's just my, it's just mind blowing to see this whole other perspective but at the same time, it makes me understand my wife so much more. And so that puts me back to the, uh, if we could just do that more often, we'd probably understand each other a whole hell of a lot more. You know, if you went and went down to Miami for a week and really learned that culture, you might understand your players from South Florida a little bit better, you know, and then understand where they come from. So I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with culture, with traveling. Um, and for me, that's just, a, it's, it's, it's just, it, it is, it's an escape for me. When I do those things, I just, I recharge. I re regenerate. I, I love it. I love seeing new things. Um, we have so many things we want to, we still want to see so many more bucket list things we want to do. And so as long as I'm, like I said, blessed to be on this earth and me and my wife and family will be traveling it. So. That's awesome, dude. I love that, man. I love that. I think that's something that I can't wait until we can actually do that again. I really I'm, can't. I'm in two years, man. Oh, well, yeah, two years. Because with the timing of our first child of COVID, she hasn't been, she didn't know her family in almost two years. It's, it's heartbreaking for her. I feel bad for her. Well, hopefully soon, man. Yeah. Hopefully soon. Absolutely. There's no doubt. We'll be, yeah. we'll be back on the planes traveling. I'll be, I'll be, we'll do this next one when I'm in Greece sometime, right? Awesome, dude. I'm going to hold you to that, brother. But Sleeve, man, it's always great to see you, bro. I'm glad you're doing well. And thank you so much for your time. All right, man. We'll talk. Best of yeah, luck. Bro. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. Cheers.